speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. Old Testament reading for the third Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel." I myself will be their shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, I will bring back the strayed, I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will destroy, I will feed them in justice. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Peter, the second chapter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness." By his wounds you have been healed, for you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, it is obvious, it is indeed very obvious that leaders are called to protect and support and perhaps defend those they serve? When we consider the illustration of the shepherd and his sheep, it becomes even more obvious. It becomes even more obvious that that is the way that it works. Sheep do not exist for the sake of the shepherd, but it is the other way around. The shepherd exists for the sake of the sheep. However, as we have learned throughout history, this is not always the case. Often those in leadership... We can indeed call those in leadership shepherds. Those in leadership shepherds, they forget the fact that they are supposed to be there for the sheep. They flip everything upside down, making the sheep serve them. Take our Old Testament reading from the book of Ezekiel as an example. Yes, in Ezekiel chapter 34. Early on in chapter 34, we hear that the kings and the officials and the religious leaders of the time of Ezekiel were not serving the sheep. They were not serving the people of Israel. The shepherds were not about the interests and the well-being and the overall good of the people of Israel. 
but instead the bad shepherds were all about themselves. Now, bad shepherds are fairly easy to spot for most of us. If I were to ask you right now for names of bad leaders, I know that you could quickly name several politicians that have absolutely zero concern for us as citizens, but are only concerned with their rise to power. They're easy to spot. We actually do not need to name them at all, for we all know who they are. They're the type of people that, well, never stand up to anything with integrity, but they run at the smallest sign of struggle. These bad leaders are self-centered. They're more concerned about themselves and maintaining their power than actually suffering to do what is right. To those pathetic leaders, we say, shame on you. You know who they are. Shame on them. But my friends, things become a little more complicated in the church, within the church. I'm not sure if it is because we are more trusting of people in the church or simply the fact that we expect church leaders to be different than those in the world. Yes, different from those in the world. Keep in mind that people in leadership in the church, right in the church, are just as much sinners as politicians, if not more. Remember that all of us, yes, all of us, you, me, every single person in the church and outside the church, we all have this old Adam. We have this thirst for, get this, power. We have thirst for power. We have thirst for control. And we have thirst for comfort itself. So regarding the church, what are the telltale signs of spiritual abuse? When are shepherds abusing the sheep? First, let us consider power. In the Old Testament, yes, in the Old Testament reading from Ezekiel, the bad shepherds, they ruled, get this, with force. It says in chapter 34, it says they ruled with force and harshness. That is to say, they used power as a way to get what they wanted. They flexed their power to make the sheep cringe, to back down. In the church, this is like a pastor saying this, listen up everyone, I am the chief shepherd and you well listen to me. Yes, you will indeed listen to me. Now, pastors do have spiritual authority with what is called the office of the keys. However, a healthy shepherd does not have to demand or talk about power so that others can notice it. A good shepherd will never hit the sheep with his shepherd's staff to somehow prove to the sheep how powerful and strong he is. Heavens no. But instead, true power is always using one's power and authority for the good of the sheep. In other words, power is never self-serving. Dear friends, beware, yes, beware of the thirst for sinful power, not only in society but in the church. Power is not to inflate the egos of shepherds and leaders. Power is never to be used to manipulate sheep to one's own advantage, but is always used by shepherds to patiently correct, patiently rebuke, encourage, and serve the flock. To state this as clearly and bluntly as possible, power is used for the good of the sheep, not for the good of the shepherd. Power is used to bless and to serve the sheep. Second, let us consider control. Bad shepherds are not really interested in strengthening the weak and the sick and healing the injured. Considering the reading from Ezekiel again, the bad leaders during the time of Ezekiel, 
Well, they did not build up the weak and they did not heal the sick. Why would they? Why should they? You see, it was easier for them to control the sheep when the sheep were actually wounded and helpless. You see, if you are a bad shepherd, hell-bent on using power for the sake of control, well, the worst thing possible would be for sheep to be healthy. Wounded sheep never challenge abuse of power. Herding sheep do not have the strength or courage to question corrupt spiritual authority. However, healthy sheep, well, healthy sheep, as you know, they can bite back. Healthy sheep... They threaten the control of a spiritually abusive shepherd. Let me be a little bit more specific with this point. For example, in the church, a bad pastor keeps sheep wounded when the pastor, when the bad pastor calls out sin, but never gives, get this, never gives a solution to the sin itself. Now, keep in mind, a pastor can courageously and boldly point out sin in the congregation And B, get this spot on, but if the pastor never courageously and boldly pours the gospel into the ears of his repentant parishioners, well, the pastor is keeping the sheep wounded. The pastor is spiritually abusing his flock. Law with no gospel, mark this, is spiritually abusive. Well, some pastors can mess this up unintentionally, God have mercy on us pastors. Mark this, other pastors do this intentionally. Beware of the wretched mindset that believes that if the gospel for the forgiveness of sins is given, then it will result in too much freedom. That is to say, many bad pastors, many bad shepherds, believe that the freeing message of the gospel actually somehow produces and encourages and grants people a license to sin. The bad pastor says to himself and others, well, if these sheep hear about the forgiveness of sins, they will keep on sinning. They will not change their ways. And so these shameful shepherds, these shameful pastors, in an attempt to somehow control and manipulate their flocks, they preach fire and brimstone sermons every single week. They bark loudly at sin, but they do not preach the healing gospel. They do not preach the healing gospel. Instead of the gospel, after pointing out sin, and perhaps even correctly pointing out sin, instead of giving the gospel, pouring that wonderful food of the gospel into the ears of the parishioners, well, they shame and they guilt their sheep for the sake of controlling them and making them perform the way that they want them to perform. Again, They properly wound the flock by the law, which is the intent of the law, to expose and reveal our sin. But then, instead of rushing right towards them with the gospel, they shame them to the grave and possibly hell itself. They do this to spiritually control and manipulate the flock. Lord, have mercy. Third, consider comfort. Consider comfort Through power and control, bad shepherds use the sheep to their own comfort. The bad shepherds of Ezekiel's time, well, they fed themselves and not the sheep. It was all about their own bellies, their comfort, their wants, their desires. They clothed themselves with the wool of the sheep. They killed the fat sheep themselves and they ate them. Jesus, he picks up on this as well in John chapter 10. He calls these bad shepherds, get this, hired hands. 
To paraphrase Jesus a bit, this is what Jesus says about hired hands. A hired hand is neither a real shepherd nor good. The sheep do not mean anything to him because the only thing that matters for the hired hand is the hired hand. And so when the hired hand sees a wolf coming, well, he runs for the hills. He leaves the sheep to be destroyed by the wolf. The hired hand is only in it for the money and what he can get, what he can get from those sheep and not what he can give, not what he can give. Dear friends, this is the reason why I am suspicious of people who want to be pastors. You heard that correctly. This is the reason why I'm suspicious of people who want to be a pastor. I'm serious. I remember meeting an employee at Starbucks who was serving me coffee. He saw my clerical caller, and he said this to me. He said, cool, man. I'm a pastor, too. Isn't it great? Isn't it fun? I was ordained online, he goes on to say. I was ordained online. Where were you ordained? Where did you get ordained? I remind you, this happened shortly after I had left the hospital where a prisoner had just died. Friends, real pastors plunge downward into the afflictions and the shadowy sins of their flock, into the hearts of their soul-suffering parishioners. A pastor's trajectory is not upward and onward to glory and accolades, cherry pie and unicorns jumping over rainbows. But instead, the pastor's direction, his trajectory is always downward into the suffering, into the suffering of his flock. Bad shepherds, hired hands, they always seek comfort for their bellies from the flock. They run at suffering. The good shepherd, yes, learns to suffer with and for their flock. Now, with all of this stated thus far, let's get serious right now, right here. We have heard clearly that bad shepherds go the way of power. They go the way of control. They go the way of comfort whereas good shepherds do not. I would like to stand before you right now. I would love just to stand right here before you right now and tell you that I am not a bad shepherd and give you a list of reasons why to bolster my spiritual resume. However, that would be a lie. That would be a lie. I'm a weak man. I like comfort. I like power. I like control. I'm a sinner in thought word indeed, just like you we're in this together. And secondly, today's readings are not necessarily about good pastors, but, you heard it right, the good shepherd. And who is this good shepherd? It is your Jesus. It is your Christ. You see, dear baptized saints, never forget that even though pastors baptize, even though that pastors teach and preach and marry and bury Christians, They are nothing more than simple servants who stand in the stead and by the command of Christ to hand out the goods, to deliver the word and sacrament to the faithful sheep. Yes, pastors are shepherds. Indeed, the word pastor itself is Latin for shepherd. Pastors are shepherds. Yes, indeed. But they are not, I repeat, they are not the good shepherd. There's only one who is good. There's only one who is the good shepherd. And his name is Jesus Christ. Hear this right now. It was Christ, your good shepherd, who bled and died and rose for your justification. It was Christ, your good shepherd, who plucked you out of darkness and placed you into the light by the mighty waters of baptism. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who fills your ears with assurance in saying your sins are 
forgiven. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who protects you from the evil one as you sleep at night. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who gives you rest from the condemnation of sins. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who frees you from guilt and shame as he forgives your sins in his holy, most precious supper. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who leads you to lush pasture of eternal life. Baptized saints, hear this. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who left the comforts of heaven to go to Calvary's thorny cross, and he did it for each and every one of you. It is Christ, your good shepherd, who came not to be served, not to be served, but to serve you. His power was not for himself, but was for you. To snatch you away from the devil, to chase away fear, to stomp on death, and to atone for every one of your sins. You have a good shepherd, indeed, baptized saints. He did not choose an ego-centered power. You have a good shepherd. He did not choose a selfish-centered control. You have a good shepherd. He did not choose a slothful comfort. He chose you. He chose you. He chose you. And he considered it well worthwhile. In the name of Jesus, your good shepherd. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast.